Dave, the Leafs lose again. It's their third in a row. The worst losing streak since October. And Jack Campbell didn't look pretty in the loss. Let's break this thing down on today's edition of Locked on Leafs. Your Locked on Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. With me, my co-host of the show, it's Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet and a writer for the NHLPA. And just a reminder that this is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so uh, just be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can now check us out also on YouTube. You can check us out at Locked on Leafs. Dave, it happened again. The Maple Leafs are breaking hearts. Uh, I thought they had this thing in the bag. They were up 2-1 to one going into the third period and, of course, unable to get the and they fall 4-3 in overtime to the Blue Jackets. Mike, I'm blaming this one on you. You're blaming it on me. Is this because all of Twitter is blaming this on me? You're just going to pile on here? No, no, I'm not even going to blame you for that tweet. I'm going to blame it on the fact that you were right. Uh-huh. And that the Leafs needed to be a little extra careful with Patrick Laine. Oh, yeah, dude. The guy has 10 goals last eight games. Of course, you got to be careful. He's got mul- like four multi point goals in the last like five or six games. It's okay. this guy's scoring at a, at a torrid pace right now. And he goes, he scores twice tonight, including the game winner. Um, he really bookended goals here for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He was a threat. He's dangerous. Scored both goals right in Matthew's face, right in his face, too. That, that's what hurts most, right? Is like or the winner was in Matthew's face, rather. The one that went between his legs and top shelf in overtime. That's just ridiculous. Like, for any, like, look, everyone knows the Leafs will take Austin Matthew. Everyone knows Austin, you'll take Austin Matthews or Patrick any day. But that hurts. Like, that, that's just like, he knows it too. He knows what everyone's saying about the line name Matthews debate. He, he he always gives a little something when he plays the Leafs. Like it's, it means a lot to him because he knows that's something he's always had to prove. Yeah, exactly. So you know, he he came out. He had himself a, a hell of a game, obviously. But uh, where do you want to start with this one? I think overall, if you just kind of look at the game as a whole. The Maple Leafs definitely played a lot better than they did in Montreal. So it, this isn't a game where I'm angry about the loss. Really, I thought they probably deserved a much better fate. But, you know, some shaky goaltending, a couple of bad bounces, and next thing you know, you're hitting the plane with only one point instead of two. Um, like, I, I thought that Sheldon Keefe came out after the game. He said, look, really what we wanted was for all four lines to have a good night for me to feel comfortable to play them in all zones. And I felt that was the case. We spoke a lot about the second line and their struggles. And it's it's a lot of people have been talking about this within the Toronto Maple Leaf sports radio scene. I thought they had a good response tonight, but they just couldn't convert. Like, for whatever reason, J.F. Barubi, I, I don't know if I'm ready to toss the term goal lead out there about today's performance, but I don't 
think I was anticipating that good of a performance out of Berube. That's for damn sure. So, you know, they had a lot of really good chances. That top line had some good looks. Matthews fired off, like, what, 11 shots on yeah, goal? Shots. Marner yeah. five. Like, just a, a career high in, in shots on goal for him. So, they peppered the goaltender. They just couldn't get past him. And they had, you know, some decent amount of chances. Like, they had seven high-danger chances through the game. You would hope to have a little bit more than that against a team like Columbus. But at the end of the day, um, I thought they played well enough to win the game. Unfortunately, this is a team that's in a rut. And bad luck seems to be following them. You look at the the third goal there by uh, Labushkin. You know, the puck just kind of skips over his stick. And then he's chasing Brandon Gaunt in behind him. And then that's just a goal that you got to have if you're Jack Campbell. I mean, you're just giving up your, your five hole like that against a guy like Brendan Gaunt. You can't have that. I mean, a couple of, you look at the line angles. Okay. Those were shooter versus goalie. The shooter's just a little bit better. And those were great, well-placed shots like posting in top corner. Like that. Okay. The shooter just kind of beat the goalie yeah. goalie there. That you can't say the same about that Brendan God's goal, and that really was kind of the backbreaker there for the Maple Leafs. Now they were able to tie the game and bring it to overtime, but I, that's the one goal where I look at and I'm like, Come on, Jack! Like, this is where you need to make that save. You talk about goaltenders, it's not just making the saves, it's making the timely save that yeah. big save, and that was one where you just got to have it, you can't let that get past you. And, uh, yeah, it, it eventually resulted in this team losing the game. I think the Jack Campbell's body language during the game said it all, right? Like, uh, it, it was funny because we were talking about with Tavares and his struggles and the other and the other game against Montreal. I think it was Ellie Freeman that said, you know, you don't like to show the frustration. You don't want the opponent to know. I think he was still stealing it from Kelly Rudy, but like, you don't want to show – the the opponent that you're frustrated and like both the second and third goal jack campbell you he's he like he's looking up to the sky knowing he 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 made a mistake like what that shows the other team is ah this goalie's not too sure of himself tonight let's just get him on net and that i think i think and and campbell owned up to it after the game look he's always going to own up to when he doesn't have a good game that's just the way he is I would just prefer that if you're in the game, you know, okay, I let in a bad goal. I'm going to shake it off. I'm not going to let the opponent know that that kind of got on my gun under my skin a bit. Yeah. Unfortunately, like Jack Campbell's a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve. And we know that. I wonder if he has the mental toughness to, to work himself through this rut. You know, it's something that he's never gone on a stretch like this. Last year, there was like three or four games where maybe a little bit of a stretch, but it really wasn't that much, and they worked themselves out of it, and he went on to have a good second half of the season. This is going on for months. Since December 1st, um, let me see the stat there. Jonas Siegel tweeted this out. Like, we've talked about it before. But they're 31st in the NHL on five-on-five save percentage. Exactly. Since December 1st. That's not a small sample size. That's actually more games have been played since December 1st than prior to December 1st. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's a little bit concerning, I got to say, a little bit concerning here that the goaltending that this team is getting as of late. Um, You know, he had that good game against Pittsburgh, and and 
I thought, okay, maybe he's starting to turn a corner. And then he has a couple of stinkers coming off of it. I, I just really am starting to worry that maybe Jack Campbell isn't this top-of-the-class goaltender. We thought maybe, you know, that that uh, diamond-in-the-rough goalie that the Leafs uncovered. And now I understand why a lot of people such as um, Jamie McLennan and and uh, Craig Button and all them said, there's no rush to sign him. Wait. He hasn't played enough games yet to know what he is, right? And we're all ready to hand him the starting job, handing him the Vesna after 65, 70 career games in the NHL. We're like, okay, this guy's the real deal. Let's go. Now we're getting into a rut where we're starting to understand what it means to have a full bulk of a, a, a half of a season, and he's not really living up to those expectations. He's not. And, you know, yeah, has the team played incredibly well for him? Not particularly, but at the same Tonight time. They Tonight they did, though. But, yeah, this is like when you see a night like this where the Leafs played so well, even when he allowed a few bad goals and they get back into it, you're just like, you just want to see him kind of just – he doesn't have – you can you can allow the bad goals, but if your team comes back, now it's just like the mentality needs to change. Like, okay, if I make that next save, if I, if I you know, give this team a chance, they'll pull we'll, – we can pull this off. Like 2-1 against Columbus, you really should be able to close that out, right? Yeah, yeah. and and that was the, the, the goal that Sheldon Keith had the biggest issue on – was that early goal in the, in the early in the third period on the power play? That was one that he had the issue on. The Adam Bokefist goes coast to coast, literally just north south, all the way down the ice, and rips one past Jack Campbell. I mean, another big issue, and you talk about sometimes defensive issues have been a problem. Gap control to me was was a theme that kind of arose a lot, and I wonder if that's just due to them overcompensating because they were getting beat so often off the rush that now they're thinking, okay, we got to get back and we got to make sure that we are playing on top of pucks, but they're overcompensating too much and making sure that they don't get by you where now you're sitting back a little too much. And then you're just giving up way too much space between you and the shooter. And you saw it happen on the Boquist goal. You saw it happen um, on the game winner as well on line A's goal. And guess Gaunt was a little bit of a different situation, so you can't count that one. And then line A was a two-on-one where it was just a bad change by the blue line, and, and they were able – it was kind of a turnover off of Marner and then a bad change, and line A really had a, an open lane to, to go and, and rip it past them. But um, a couple of those goals is just you know poor, poor gap control. And there's a fine line between staying on top of pucks, giving up good gaps, but also making sure that you're not giving up or that you're not closing too much where they can zip right past you like we saw happen in Montreal and like in St. Louis. So I see why they overcompensated tonight to make sure that that didn't happen and they didn't have odd man rushes going the other way. You didn't see many of those tonight. There was a couple, but there wasn't many. Unfortunately, when they happened, it, it, it did end up in the back of the net. Um, but overall, it's just, to me, wasn't good enough by Campbell because – Besides, like, one or two mistakes by the defenseman, he still should have had a couple of those goals, despite there being gap. I mean, shooter versus player, you can get away with it. Or shooter versus goalie, you can get away with it when it's Patrick Laine. When it's Brendan Gauntz, when it's Adam Boakvist, 
you can't get away with that. That's on Jack. He's got to make that stop. Exactly. And I think like the, the, what's really important here is how does he, re, how does re, how does he rebound? Right. Cause we saw he had a good, you know, he had a not so great performance against Calgary. He followed it up with, I think two solid performances against Seattle and Pittsburgh. Yep. You know, he didn't play against Montreal. St. Louis wasn't great. Tonight wasn't great against Columbus. Let's see now. Can he kind of, and I'm, I, I would think that they're going to go back with Jack. Dave, we've been saying this for weeks, man. Weeks. Like, can he rebound? And maybe he rebounds for one game, one and a half games, and then he goes back to being a shell of what he was in November. You know, like, I, I just, I don't know if, maybe there's too high expectations on Campbell at this point. I don't know if he is the goaltender we thought he was. Maybe he's not even good enough to be a a reliable 1A who can bring you through the playoffs. The goaltending that we've seen over the last couple of months is not goaltending that I, I think is going to be strong enough to get you through the playoffs. He's got to be better. And I don't think he's as bad as he's shown. So I think it's still possible that he could be the guy to bring this team to the promised land. But it, he's got to turn it around real quick. And, and it just goes back to your original point. You know, when it comes to showing frustration, he's a guy who has hard on his sleeve. I hope that he has the mental fortitude to work himself out of this rut that he's in right now here in Toronto. What just annoys me about I mean, look, they have they haven't lost any places in their like I there's no doubt they're gonna make the playoffs based on how they've played and kind of they've allowed themselves some cushion, although Boston is uh is only four points. Or sorry, I think there's six points behind them now. I, 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 that's not really the word for me. What annoys me a little bit is they had these games in hand on Tampa Bay. That was a team they were chasing. They didn't really gain much ground. Now they're like, now actually the Leafs have played a game more than Tampa and are two points behind. So like these were the, the games against Montreal, Columbus. These are missed opportunities here. That's the frustrating part. I also think they have a lot of games left. Um, I mean, we not a lot of games before the trade deadline, but they have a lot of games left in the season to where you're just like, okay, you have to give faith in what you have because I don't know what the other options are because they don't have many bullets in the chambers to go out and go get a goalie if they feel that's a position they need to get. So... I don't expect that to happen. It's going to be you want a Mrazic or Campbell. It's going to have to be the guy. Like I, I don't see them going. I don't see them as players for Mark Andre Fleury or anything like that. It's going to be one of these two, I believe. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. There's there's tons of season for them to work themselves out of the rut. That's for sure. And and tonight was just a game. It wasn't like Montreal where it was embarrassing and and I was angry watching it. I I, I liked the overall game I for did. the most part, but. Jack's just got to be better. He's got to make a couple more saves for you. And that is the difference between winning and losing these close hockey games at the end of the day. Um, we didn't even speak about Ilya Labushkin, who made his debut tonight. So why don't we take a break? When we come back, we'll chat about Ilya Labushkin. You can tell me your thoughts on his debut tonight as a Toronto Maple Leaf. And then we'll get to our three stars. And it's Wednesday. So we're going to play some cosine, no sign as well, Dave. And we'll do all that when we return. But first, have a word from our show sponsor. Yeah, I think uh, Jack Campbell could use a built bar after this game. Yeah. 
get get some good protein, get some you know low carbs, so he can he can kind of feast a little bit on these. So over at Built Bar, they are the low calorie, high protein candy bar. You can replace your candy bar with these; they are even better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to three hundred calories. These are just one hundred thirty calories. At least most of them are. They come in many great flavors: mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, and then figure out how to make it healthy. And not about you, but they pull it off every time. So make sure you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back into the Locked on Lease podcast. Uh, I'm Mike DiStefano, one of the hosts here on Locked on Lease, alongside my co-host Dave Morissuti. Just a reminder, we're a daily Maple Leafs podcast, so go ahead. You can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts from. We can also be found on YouTube now where you can look at uh, look at us and uh, just watch us talk or whatever. If you want to go and subscribe to us on YouTube, leave a comment as well. Um, that would be fantastic. But the Maple Leafs coming off a 4-3 overtime loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets tonight. And one of the more intriguing storylines coming into the game, Dave, was going to be the the debut of newly acquired defenseman Ilya Labushkin, the player that they got in return from Nick Ritchie from the Arizona Coyotes over the weekend. And so he made his debut tonight, and I'll just quickly go over his uh, his stat pack, I suppose. Ended up with 15 minutes and 28 seconds worth of uh, time on ice. One hit, no blocks, and was uh, considered a even in the plus-minus category. So he was on the ice for a couple of goals um, against and for, actually. Uh, but what overall, your your first initial you know thoughts on Ilya Labushkin? Maybe, maybe we can give him a grade. How would you grade his debut? Um, oh. I'm going to give it like a B minus. Like it wasn't fantastic. It wasn't dreadful. Like it was, it was pretty, it was pretty okay. Like, you know, he only played 15, 28. I didn't expect, I mean, we were wondering how much he played, how much Jake Muzzin being out would impact. But one thing with Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren, both staying in the lineup, that kind of, you know, Keith was able to trust them a little bit more out there. But what I noticed is, you know, when guys are in that defensive zone, he is on them like a hawk. He's like a, he is mauler. He's a bear. He's a mauler. He's on like a bear. He on keeps campers, right on them. I guess would be the yeah. analogy. A bear on campers. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, s'mores. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think like what are bear, what do bears really like to eat? Like like a bear on salmon? Like maybe? Yeah, sure. Why not? White on rice. I mean, that's the, the regular one that gets used there. But he was. He was like totally attached to the hip of whoever he was defending. And, and you know, he was battling in front of the net, clearing out uh, the crease for Jack Campbell, which is something nice to see. It's it's a, a welcomed addition, a little bit of nastiness and a little bit of brute strength out in front of the attendees is nice to see. You saw him win some board battles that which, you know, turned into positive plays. There's the one right off the draw, he wins the battle against Voracek and then draws a penalty. And then the Maple Leafs end up going on to, uh, on, on to the man advantage. So I give him a B. So you're giving a B minus. I'm going to give him a B because I thought there were multiple times in the game where, you know, he had a really good stick and, and he, you know, boxed out, had some really solid plays defensively in his own end, which is 
what his bread and butter is, right? That's his, that's his MO is to make sure he defends in front of the net, keeps people out of outside of the trapezoid. And, and, you know, I think he did a pretty good job of that. The one blunder ish, I guess you could say was the third goal there, the Brendan Gaunt's goal where he fumbled the puck and it ends up going down the other way. And, not the fleetest of foot, I guess we could say. And, and you know, he wasn't able to catch up to Brendan Gauntz. And uh, that ended up resulting in, in a, a pretty back-breaking goal. But outside of that, he was on the ice for the initial goal by line A, but that was more of a bad change. And he was just trying to make up ground there. I, I'm not blaming him on that one. Um, but overall, decent debut. I don't know if he's a guy who I peg as the answer in the top four. But I think you put him and Sandine as that third pair. I actually like what they could do. I, I I think that could be a solid third pair together. I mean, uh, up until the third period where things kind of started to not fly off the wheels for those guys, but the they started to give up a little bit more. They had some really good possession numbers. Uh, at one point, they, that pairing was leading the Leafs in possession, and they even did. They outshot or out. Uh, the shot share was 65% in favor of Ilya Labushkin when he was out there on the ice. And he had, what, 50% zone starts? Yeah, 50% uh, of his starts were in the offensive zone. The other 50% were in the defensive zone. And he still had a positive shot share. He still had a positive um, expected goals percentage. So, you know, better things happened when they were out there on the ice than uh, worse things, more positive plays than negative plays. But I still think, ultimately, I peg him as as a third-pair defenseman with Sandine. And then we'll talk about Jake Muzzin in, just, in, in a little bit here later. But if Jake Muzzin's healthy and, and can play that left side on the second pair, you find somebody else who can also play on that second pair with him, and you round out your defenseman with Sandine and Labushkin as your third pair. I, I think that is the most ideal situation based on my first viewing of Labushkin. He could change my mind. You really could. Maybe he can be a little bit better, but that was my initial initial thoughts on uh, on his debut. Yeah, I mean, and and the other thing I just wanted to point there is like, yeah, if you can establish who he like tonight, he started with Dermot, then he moved with Sandine. Like, I think once he's established who he's playing with, let's not forget he didn't even have a full practice with the team. Right, I mean, it was just a quick morning skate with like three yeah. players. Yeah, so it's like I I. I I think I, I think maybe because of that I wasn't gonna give him a terrible grade because he was put into a tough position to make his debut. But I think once he gets some time with the player with whoever he's gonna be playing with, it's gonna make a difference. Uh, there'll be a little more comfort in knowing where to be and at certain times. And yeah, I think I think where you haven't slotted is it would be the accurate place to put him. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, by me saying he's not a top four defenseman isn't me saying I didn't think he was good tonight because I thought that he was. Yeah. But I think he's he is what he is. He's a all defense, no offense guy. That's not typically what what you can afford to have in your top four. But if you want that to be your Zap Bogosian esque replacement on your third pair, now that looks a little bit better, right? And you're you're adding a different element that you didn't have in Dermot, that you didn't have in you know, Justin Hall when he's playing there or Timothy Lilligren, who's not quite there yet. I think you add Labushkin and I think you're happy for Shelton Keefe with that uh, depth addition. Um, okay. We should let, 
let's run through quickly our three stars of the game, and then we'll take one more quick break and get to to some cosine, no sign. Um, I, I'll just roll through my first three, go through your three. But for me, my third star of the game, I'm giving to to Mitch Marner. Um, that assist he had on the opening goal by Michael Bunting, whew, thing of beauty, like just knocking the puck out of the air quickly, quick give and go with Austin Matthews, makes a nice move to get past the one blue gap, Jack is defender, and as he's falling, somehow shifts the puck over to Bunting for an easy tap in. Uh, beautiful, beautiful play there. Ended up with five shots on goal throughout the game as well. He was buzzing a lot. I thought he was a dangerous player, especially early on in the game. Um, so I decided to give him the third star of the game. Second star I gave to John Tavares. I thought he had a really good response game tonight. He was uh, effective defensively. He was hard on pucks. Um, his his like his off puck play was really strong tonight, which is something that he got crucified for by Keith the other day. And I thought that he was decent in the Ozone too. He showed frustration because he didn't finish on anything, but he had a lot of real good looks, like two or three quality chances in the slot that just didn't end up in the back of the net. Jay Peruby, like we said, had a real quality game. He had a couple of nice plays, uh, but John Tavares also getting an assist on the game-tying goal. But my first star, I got to give it to Austin Matthews. Um, thought that he was uh, really good all night. Ended up with a goal, two helpers, 11 shots on goal. And he did a really good job. He was monumental in that uh, game-tying goal by Jason Spezza. He gets the puck, quickly gets it down on the ground, fires it on net, creates that rebound for Spezza to pounce on and get that goal, which I'm not surprised that that goal counted, but I will held my breath for half a second. I'll say yeah. that. I'll say that. But I think they made the right call at the end of the day. Who are your three stars? All right. Uh, third, I'm going to go with Mitch Marner as well. I thought you know that assist was even better than the one we saw against Seattle just because of the degree of difficulty on that one. Uh, second star. Seattle's a little cooler. I still like Seattle better. I don't know, man. Something about falling and making a play like that is insanely. I, I'm not a, I, I'm terrible at hockey. Like I can't play. So I can't even think really? about doing that. I never guessed at all. No, not at all. You know? Um, so like seeing that play, like that, that's always going to be tops for me. Like the Seattle one, it's like he, that's like almost like, yeah, six cents to know that the guy is trailing there to pass it back. But I think that the degree of difficulty on the Columbus one puts it up a little higher. Second star is Jason Spezza because he got the tying goal. And also because it pissed off a lot of people who were like, ah, no, I, I saw a few of those. Ah, situation room in Toronto, giving it, giving the Leafs a little, a break there. I, I thought that goal was going to be tough to overturn because it, it I mean, you it have to look like, it didn't look like he wasn't a kick. It wasn't a kicking motion towards the net. No. He was more so trying to kick it up to a stick. Exactly. And it just ended up going through the legs and, and whatnot, because it's not like it wasn't a full on. There's no follow through on the kick. It, it's as if he was literally just trying to kick it up to a stick and get a shot and ended up going into the back of the net. Instead. This wasn't Leano Messi playing hockey tonight. Let's yeah, like, no. same people need to relax. On that whole idea. I know he's Italian, but uh, Francesco Totti, come on. Ah, okay. I'll even go out of some of them. Hey, we got hey TFC now, Insigne. We got to go a little further on that. Ah, Insigne. Let's go. All right. So Spezza, Italiano gets your second star. Second star and first star. I mean, Austin Matthews. Like, I don't, he was the most dangerous player on the ice 
on either side. I thought he he was deserving of more more goals. Like Barube made some pretty good saves on him and that one glove stop. I still like literally Matthews patented, went down to the knee, got a lot on it. Barube just gets a glove on it and, and it ended up going at um didn't end up into the back of the net, but that was a real good chance he had there. Yeah, I mean now he's at thirty four on the year, so that 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 race for the the Rockets could be in one of the like it's going to be a very fun race at the end there for sure. So good to see him get bounce back after people thought the first line you know didn't look exactly great against Montreal. Yeah, totally agree with you on that one. Um, all right, uh, let's take a quick break here, and you want to save Coastline No Sign for tomorrow. We're already at 30 minutes here. We probably could just save Cosign No Sign sure. for tomorrow's show. Want to do that? Yeah, I got no problem with that one. Let's let's do that. So make sure that you're subscribed to Locked On Lease. But before I do let y'all go, I got to tell you that today's show uh, was also sponsored by BetOnline.net. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is your number one sports spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, it's where the game starts. We also had today's show sponsored by rockauto.com. Save money, time, and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they got everything that you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts car will ever need, Visit rockauto.com. Well, Dave, um, I think we're going to put a little bit of a bow on today's show. I know we intended on doing some cosine, no sign, but as we're already approaching the 30-minute mark, we're going to save it for tomorrow. We'll save it for tomorrow. But I do have one quick thing that I want to ask you about because it got brought up on today's broadcast. Did your ears perk up a little bit? When Elliot Friedman mentioned the name J.T. Miller to Toronto, oh, it got my attention. I know it got your attention too. I would literally do some weird things. Weird things would happen in my underpants if uh, J.T. Miller got traded to the Maple Leafs. Yeah, a little TMI, probably, probably. But I'd be imagine him though. Like replacing Kerfoot on that second line, that'd be unbelievable. Like that would just be such a a, a jolt for this top six in both in, in all three zones. Like the guy can can do a lot, and he's a rugged player. Plays you talk about Campbell playing with his heart on his sleeve. No one tosses a louder f bomb out there on the ice than JT Miller, right? So ah, man, if the Leafs can make that happen, I don't know if they have. 
I don't know if they got the the assets to do it. The assets to do it. Um, they do have a first, a second. Maybe they would want Matt Nyes. I don't know what it would take. You probably would have to. Maybe even Kerfoot would be included in the deal. Maybe. Right. So that would be another guy that would replace him on Vancouver's roster who has term. So I don't know if, if we could put together a trade at some point. Maybe we could try and do that a little bit tomorrow. But the one thing that would make that a little bit easier is if Jake Muzzin did end up on LTIR. That's- like, I, don't, I don't know if they can make this move if he doesn't. But where do you stand on that? I. I- Watching the last few, you know, watching the second line, I, I, I mean, we talked about it the other day. I, they do need something, and like JT Miller is swinging like high. You see what guy like some some are saying like the Tyler Toffoli trade is kind of like the comparable in terms of like what the return might look like. I think I it would be a lot more. more. I would pay way more for JT Miller than Tyler Toffoli. Oh yeah, like like people are saying, like Tyler so, Toffoli has Toffoli, I think has uh, an additional year on his contract though. So that is, a, I think, he's a couple of years left. Like there's term attached to it, but JT Miller's like he's been incredible this season. And what really catches my eye is when Vancouver went on that playoff run, he was the catalyst, one of the catalysts, you know, because um, if I, if I'm wrong, Elias Patterson, Elias Patterson didn't look very good in that series for Vancouver it was JT Miller like Bo Horvat like those were the guys that really stepped up for Vancouver you know offensively at least I know he was like a, at least a point per game if not more in the playoffs JT Miller was he there at that time yeah in the bubble yes he was yes yeah. he was that was his first season there yeah I I liked also he's versatile he can play center we know at the least if they lose a centerman like Matthews or Don Tavares, knock on wood. Knock on wood right now. We don't want that. But having that cushion of a guy like JT Miller, who is a capable top six player, I say ceiling is second line center, first line winger even in some cases, like he, like he is in Vancouver. Yep. I, I like JT Miller a lot. I just am a little concerned about what the cost will be. Now, you will pay for a guy like that because I, I mean, that's the type of move I think that would really put the Leafs, you know, up top. It's just, is that the move you want to use your assets on? Right. Right. You go back to the whole Kyle Dubas said, he's got one bullet in the chamber. Do you shoot your shot on JT Miller or do you shoot your shot on a top four defenseman? I don't know if they're going to be able to bring in both. They could open up a little bit of cap space if they if like if Jake Muzzin is is really is injured and this is his second seems I mean I don't want to speculate but he had a head injury in St. Louis he missed three weeks he came back played a handful of games and then smacked his head off the ice again last night stayed overnight in Montreal apparently tests look good he's feeling better today so that is a positive but for his long term health. Might he be a situation where it's, you know what, Jake, why don't you just try and rest up? Because even before you took that spill, he hasn't looked healthy. And I don't know what's ailing him, but he hasn't looked healthy. So maybe in in a similar vein to what Vegas is doing with Mark Stone, and yeah, you could call it cap circumvention, but at the end of the day, these are legitimate injuries. Like, these are legitimate injuries. And, and, And I think Jake Muzzin 
you know, because this is a head injury, you often do want to take those things seriously. And, you know, you want to be cautious. Perhaps you kind of allow him to heal up, rest up the rest of his body. But that also opens up a little bit of cap space. Now, he would have to, A, agree to it. Not even agree to it, but agree, yes, I need to take some time for myself. And then from there, I think the Maple Leafs might be able to do something. But again, they don't have much. Do they have the assets to get a top six winger and a top four defenseman? I don't know. I don't know if they have that much in the chamber to pull off two deals like that. But hey, plenty of time to speculate and talk about all of that stuff um, as the trade deadline now less than a month away. But knew we had to bring it up because it got brought up today in the broadcast by Elliot Friedman. And it's like, oh, JT Miller, you think he's going to be in Toronto? And typically when these insiders, whether it's, you know, Friedman, LeBron, McKenzie, or Drager, or CJ, when they say something, they're not just saying it randomly, right? There's something there. There's some smoke. Yeah. That meme kind of comes over like, ooh, okay. Right, exactly. And there's a little bit of smoke uh, smoke whenever they start talking about guys. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens, but that'd be one hell of an addition to uh, to the Maple Leafs. That's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked on Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms and receive daily Maple Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. And follow the show at Locked on Leafs. Also follow the YouTube um, Locked on Leafs on YouTube. Subscribe. Like, share, all the good stuff. Uh, we're trying to grow that thing. I think we're almost up to 50 subs. Not bad. Maybe when yeah. we get to 1,000, we could do like a, a jersey giveaway or something like that. What do you think? I got a jer- I, I got some I got some cool leaf swag I can I can part with. That's for sure. All right. If we can get we'll, – we'll do less. If we get to 500 subs, we'll do a giveaway. And then we'll do another one at 1,000. Right, so those are going to be our two benchmarks here. Hopefully, we can hit them soon. So, if you want to be part of the giveaway, you got to go. You got to find us, Locked On Leafs, on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Um, leave a comment down below your thoughts on the game, your thoughts on if JT Miller would be a good addition for the Maple Leafs, or you can reach out to us on Twitter to let us know your thoughts on that as well. Uh, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what tomorrow's going to be Thursday, so we'll be teeing up a game. What are they playing Thursday? I don't even Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, that's going to be a terrific game. And this is a game like Toronto. They play up to their opponent. They play down to their opponent. This is a game where you hope that they play up and end up with the two points, end up with the victory, and get off the schneid three in a row for the three losses in a row for the first time since October. Can they break it on Thursday? I don't know. Why don't you find out when we break it down on Thursday here on the Lockdown Leafs? podcast.